Hey folks, this is Sam here, feeling like a real Akon, because I am lonely sitting in my study all by myself while it's just me and the cat. Just wanting to state something that happened during the recording of this episode. At about one hour and 35 minutes, you'll hear us suddenly become echoey. For some reason, GarageBand skipped my track forward a little bit, and it put us at a distance, my recordings and Emma recordings. So that's why we have a bit of an echo after about an hour and 35 minutes. But there's only 10 more minutes left to go on the episode anyway. And I just couldn't get us to match. I couldn't get us to completely come back together. So, yeah, please excuse the audio kerfuffle, but enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod. My name is Samuel Thomas. And I'm Emma Helena. Oh. We're doing middle names now. Sure, why not? All right. Can I just go by Thomas? Nah, it's a bit weird. I don't like it. Okay. It's done. We're done. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, um... Episode four. Episode four, and... We did it, baby. We've done it. A full month. Can, um... Boss. As we speak, our... Cat Sun is scratching my feet because I'm wearing interesting socks, so... And you've got feet. Yes. And it wouldn't matter if you had socks on or just feet. Bare feet, he would still bite. And he has a complex about feet because he's missing one of his. So, he's still uh, up one on us. (laughs) You're going to get a lot of cool ASMR shit happening this episode because our very rudimentary podcasting setup involves... A chair on which I have perched my mic, and I'm sitting in a gaming chair while Sam has the desk, and our son is just going for it. He is scratching on the chair. He is biting my feet. He's just checking it out. So, yes, there will be a third guest on the pod tonight, whether we want it or not. Enjoy. I I think he's spooked because can we confirm that we have a ghost in the apartment? I mean... After we discovered so momentarily ago... Momentarily ago. (laughs) Momentarily ago. Yes. Yes. uh, It looks like fingerprints on the inside of our window. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Now I'm upset. Uh, Sorry. No, no, God, that's all right. Fingerprints on the inside of the window. Sort of like a classic horror movie setup where, like, the hand just goes, like, against the bathroom mirror or... Just a window or something and, like, trails down and there's, like, blood or... Or we're in a car on the Titanic. Yes. Yeah. A, a, a car? That was where they... Ba- that was the famous hand scene from ah. Titanic. Where she's like... Yeah, she rubs her hand... Can, yeah. I thought it was just on a window, like, not a car. No, it's in a car. Ah. I don't know why. I just assumed there were no cars. Trust me. Well... Tr- trust me. I grew up with a... With an older brother who um, enjoyed that scene. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, like, he deeply enjoyed Titanic, which was going to be the most delightful thing that I've heard in a long time. But I don't want to assassinate his character here, but he kind of deeply enjoyed Titanic as well, I think. It's a good movie. 
Yeah. I could sure. give it another watch, but I also don't want to sacrifice, what, three plus hours? Oh, it is long. Long, long, long. I would rather be watching superheroes doing superhero stuff. Not for two hours, though. Two plus, three plus hours. Anyway. We're uh, not a Titanic nor a superhero podcast. What are we? We are... A music podcast chronicling the history... This is like the worst game of ad-libs I've ever played. We are a music podcast chronicling the history of uh, Fearless Records' Punk Goes series. Punk Goes Ellipses. Punk... Okay. Punk Goes dot dot dot. I was doing so well. What? Hey, I need to say my piece as well. I'm just fiddling with my phone to get it to not time off so I can look at our run sheet. Just a cheeky peek behind the curtain for those of you who are interested in that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, So bear with me. Well, so we have a couple, you know, obviously, because that's what we do each week. We talk about a couple of songs. I got a couple little bits of news that I would like to share. And even though by the time you actually listen to this, it will probably be a month it will be a month past. <laughs> Any finger clicking you're hearing is Sam trying to discipline our son, who is being very rowdy. But there, he's cute, so he can get away with it. There's been a bit of news within the world of pop punk. Mm-hmm. Are they pop punk? They were like skate punk in the beginning, then pop punk in the what early 2000s. They, they, ro- they rolled with the same crowd. As... I, yeah, I guess. So talking about... They would market themselves as crappy punk rock, according to their merch. Well, so this starts off with a story about two professional wrestlers getting into a, what what they call in the business, a shoot fist fight, which shoot means real. And they... Shoot sh- as in S-H-O-O-T, shoot? S-H-O-O-T, shoot. I get that. I'm pretty sure it comes from, and I could be wrong. Uh, I'm pretty sure it comes from, there's a style of wrestling called shoot wrestling, which is real wrestling. So, oh. so the term shoot is means, means real. The term work, a work is fake. So if they were doing it on purpose to drum up attention or whatever. Right. But anyway, the two wrestlers, two professional wrestlers, Joey Janela, and he now just goes by Enzo, but he was Enzo Amore in the WWE. Uh, engaged in a really terrible fist fight, according to, as quoted by Joey Janela, the shittiest fist fight of the year at a Blink-182 concert. Yes. Which is, uh, you know, hey, why not? Look, as someone who isn't a wrestling fan, it's, to me it's just kind of like, yep. I wanted, I just wanted to, I wanted to bring it in like that so people are like, why is he talking about wrestling? And it's like, well, now, now you know. Because it was at a Blink-182 concert. And, yeah, apparently it was Joey Janela approached Enzo. Enzo has now acquired the, I guess, the stigma of being a bit of a... He's hard to work with, with a giant personality and a giant ego. And, uh, yeah, according to Joey, he approached Enzo and was like, Hey man, I'm Joey Janela. And, you know, it broke out into a fight. Like, Enzo was just like, I don't know who the fuck you are, get away from me. This is all, you know, going from one person saying one thing to another person saying another thing. So, like, does this 
did they do this to drum up hype for their respective... Well, see, the thing is, so Enzo got fired from WWE last year, I believe. Right. Um, that's a whole... There's a whole mess of crap behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it is because Joey Janelle is signed to... Uh, up-and-coming promotion AEW, All Elite Wrestling, mm-hmm. and that starts in October, and Enzo is not signed. Right. So they can't really be doing anything, unless they were to do it within the next month or two. Right. They can't do anything after October. Okay. Um, and recently, Joey Janela took a spot where he got, I think he got Atomic dropped onto a bunch of thumbtacks, which is his what feet. What does an he atomic went, drop mean? Well, an atomic drop is a move where you lift a person up and drop them on their feet. Oh my God. So it's a move that, that, that it's an old move, but the fact that, that's the fact that he was getting a, like his feet first onto thumbtacks. Yeah. It, it makes me wince. He's a hardcore wrestler that does death matches. What's a death match? Just a really violent match with barbed wire and thumbtacks and they bleed a lot. And oh my God. Sometimes they get burnt and sometimes they do light tubes. And the Japanese ones, they like shove chopsticks into other people's heads. And what? Yeah. It's, it's death. It's death. I'm not, look, I don't really, I'm not really into death matches, but they're, they're a thing. This is just making me unnecessarily angry. Like why? Because th- people, some people enjoy it. But like... Some people enjoy it. It's just—it's uh, an actual thing. Japanese death matches. Oh, I, I'm not disputing that. Just why? Like, because we paid for blood. <sighs> anyway, more Blink news. Mm. So they had uh, an interesting week as well with co-headliner. Co-headliner. Uh, yeah, I guess. Little Wayne of Amelie fame. Amelie. He, uh, it seemed like he was on Thursday night, gonna walk off, he wa- he did walk off stage after four songs, 20 minutes in. Um, what was it that he claimed, that there wasn't really anyone? I can't remember the actual words, but it's something to do with, like, the crowd not being his swag. Like, the crowd that was watching him was not there to watch him, they were there to wait for Blink. And he was disheartened by that, which, you know, like, fair. Like, shows these days... I know when I was a teenager, I used to very much be of the mindset of, like, oh, but you have to, like, show support for the openers. I am too old and too tired to do that now. Like, so, yeah, I can fully understand if he was just like, nah, fuck this. Like, But what was he to expect being sandwiched in between British pop-punk band Neck Deep mm. and American, what are they, crap, what did you call them, crappy punk? Crappy punk rock. Crappy punk rock legends Blink-182. Like, what did, what did you, what do you expect, honestly? Well, I think that's, it's a question for whoever organised the fucking thing. Like, <laughs> why? I mean, there's been some really odd touring pairs in the past the one the first one that comes to my mind is faith no more toured and napalm death supported those are two drastically different bands yeah yeah. um but by all accounts they finished that tour and i don't know i'm pretty sure it just went off without a hitch (laughs) um you know this one still could well as of wait he's confirmed lil wayne i should say 
has confirmed that he is not quitting the tour. The next day, he, uh, yep, the Friday was like, nah, I'm... I, he quoted. He was quoted as saying, "I'm having too much fun with my boys, Blink One Eighty Two. My bros, with my bros, Blink One Eighty Two. Bros, boys doesn't matter. But which <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah, I, <laughs> considering <laughs> considering Mark was like, he got up on stage and said, "You know, we're going to finish our set because we're contractually obligated." To finish it. Which, apparently, that's a common joke that he makes. Oh, okay. I don't know, but still... Well, like, even when we saw them and Travis wasn't there... Yeah. And there was, like, they don't try to hide when they're pissed about, like... Oh, yeah, they fully were saying about the drummer who... I think he's the drummer for... Oh, what um, was it? Bad Religion. Yes, Bad Religion, yes. And they, they pointed at him and said, thank him, because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be over here right now. And like, Which is complete shade. Well, thrown. like, it, yeah, it sounds very just like, oh, we're so grateful. But there was definitely an undertone of, like, because someone couldn't... Do you think Yeah, that's why Mark and Tom were getting along? Because they seemed to be getting along really well when we saw them. Do you think that's why they were getting along? Because they had that one common thing to be like, oh, man, fuck Travis. He, yeah, Travis was sort of like the scapegoat. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was the one who screwed up. So then they could be like, man, like... What? And, yeah, they could sort of ignore the fact that they probably hated each other. Although, apparently, they do still share a lot of love. Like, they, they're they just... Tom's not in the band, and it breaks my heart. I do remember seeing... I think TMZ approached Travis, and they're like, so what's going on with Tom? And he's just like, yeah, my buddy is going through something right now. And this was at the, this was at the height of his aliens. I mean, he's still at the height of his aliens <laughs> thing. We just watched a video on the Rolling, uh, on the Rolling Stone YouTube page mm-hmm. with him, with Tom DeLong, And he was going through stuff like, so what was your first punk rock show? What was your first song that you wrote? What was the first, this, that, and the other thing. And then it was like, what is the weirdest thing that you've, that you've seen and he just basically runs off a story about how he met some government official and that was when the government official told him that aliens existed yeah and it's the very last thing it's like oh you had me until there uh, yeah like because up at, like he's a true head like all of his references like he know he's done his homework he knows his roots he knows his influences like he is incredible but yeah then it switches to aliens and you can just sort of visualise like that tinfoil hat going on your head. Yeah. So just... I'd love to talk to him about music, but then, I don't know. Like, all power to him. I, st- I still maintain, I think he's my favourite member of the band. Oh, At the moment, yeah. I think he's my favourite member of the band. And that's fine. Like, believe what you want to believe. He doesn't seem dangerous. He doesn't seem like a raving lunatic. Who doesn't though? Oh, no. He doesn't though, and he doesn't seem like he's he's mad. He just has this belief. And look, for all we know, he could be right. There's I all mean... those memes going around at the moment about people storming Area Fifty One. Like, yeah, don't storm Area Fifty One. Yeah, not a great idea. Don't storm Area Fifty One. Even though, like, yes, technically they can't arrest all of us if we all go at once. Like, no, don't put us in there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Us being the royal us, the same as okay, royal yeah. we. But, like, is that even a thing? Royal, anyway. But, like, just just don't. Let Tom do it. Like, Tom's got no, the clout. No. What? We like, we like Tom. Well, you know, there's the risks. He's been on this whole Aliens thing since they wrote Aliens Exist. You're right. He is, uh, he is, what I can't remember what year it was. He was, um, 
awarded top alien hunter of the year like 2017 2018 oh, man. no but like well before that like come on but like he actually got an award for top alien yeah. hunter he knows what he's doing. <laughs> we'll just leave it up to the experts. Like, we'll report back as soon as we hear anything to do with extraterrestrial life forms and having made contact with them. But until then, just pump the brakes on storming Area 51, guys. So, better news, Wheezy will probably still be on tour. Probably his lawyer was like, hey, you probably shouldn't. I'm saying probably or not, but like... Hey man, you probably shouldn't bail on this tour. You signed a contract. Yeah. They they'll they'll have you over the they'll rake you over the coals if you drop it now. So there you go. Yeah, I assume that's I assume that's what the case was, but we we don't know because he's saying he's having the blast. So we'll just chuck in another allegedly. But, um, speaking of Luane, not news. I just think we should. Include a snippet of the Amelie and What's My Age Again mashup, I guess you'd say, collab that they, Blink and Lil Wayne, recorded together as part of the promo for this tour because it's great. Is it great? I think it's fine. Like, I, I hate it in principle just because, like, what are you doing? But they executed it well. And they yeah, seem to be point. genuinely enjoying themselves. Some, or at least Lil Wayne is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Mark, I don't know. Mark just sort of seems to always be like, like just the physical representation of like an outward, like, you, <sighs> anyway. I like that. <laughs> uh, he, he looks like a sigh as well. He, yeah, he's just a sigh. Boss, get down. Oh, boss is, no, that's all right. That's all right. Let him speak. Boss has approached the microphone. What do you have to say? No, he's just looking at me like I've asked him something very offensive. And my other pick in terms of acknowledging the genius that is Lil Wayne, especially when he crosses over into the rock slash pop rock slash whatever you'd want to call it realm, is his collaboration with Weezer on the song Can't Stop Partying from Ratitude, which is such a good album, released in 2009, Probably one of the last good Weezer albums. I feel really awful saying that, but they just sort of keep spiralling out of control. So, again, here is Wheezy being a genius with Weezer. Enjoy. Mixing alcohol with pharmaceuticals And the unusual is the fucking usual Man, my life is beautiful And my girls are mutual Okay, bitches, Weezer and it's Weezy Upside down MTV Please don't shoot me down Because I'm an endangered species It's the day of our lives But my night just started I pray the killer doesn't take the life Out the party I can't stop 
Sam. Yeah. And Boss, now that you've joined us. Let's move on to the topic of the day, which is the song Flagpole Sitter by Harvey Danger, as covered by Chiodos. So for me, Flagpole Sitter is one of those songs that you immediately recognise, but until you make that connection of like, oh, that's the name of the song, it just kind of sits like just a latent thing in your brain. Then you're like, oh my God, like, I don't know why, but for some reason there was a patch of like a couple of years where I kept forgetting the name of the song In the Shadows by that band, The Rasmus. Oh, yeah, yeah. And every time, like, I would sort of be like, oh, man, what's that song? It's so good. And then I'd listen to it and be like, yeah, like, so good. And then as soon as I made that mental connection, like, now I will never forget it. And this is that thing for me. Like, up until now, I was always like, oh, yeah, this song is great. And now that I know that it's Harvey Danger and it's called Flagpole Sitter, like, it is indelible. Like, it is in my head now. I've literally not thought about the Rasmus for years. I've actually not thought about that band that song is so... I know it's a pain in the ass, but can we, like, go to the effort of putting in a clip of that song? Because it's so good. Maybe. more that I have to do. I'm, I'm sorry. Sam is very much the... He's got the share of the emotional and physical labour. You got the social media and you did the artwork and everything. This is it. true. I spent a lot of time on the artwork, so I feel like that makes up for my lack of input everywhere else at the moment. You know who we should get in charge of our social media? Who? My nephew, Zen. Oh my goodness. Let's not. Let's not ask him... Let's just see if he listens to the pod, and if he picks up on this... We're not going to approach you, you can approach us, but if you hear this, you've got an internship. We won't say job, because we're not going to pay you, but... Because we're not getting paid. But yeah, Zen's social media game is top-notch. Like, just... And I think it's because he's a teen. Like, he just gets it in a way that I never will again. As much as I try to stay on top of memes and what's going on, it's it's starting to slip out of my yeah. reach. And it makes me really sad. I'm fine slipping into dementia. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm really not. And also, I don't know. Like, I spend so much time just on my phone, on the internet, doing god knows what just trying to keep up with what's going on like i need to just let it go but i don't want to fall into like obscurity well not obscurity because i already am but like i just i want to know what's dank i want to know 
Like what? Even dank isn't the right word. I know. Anymore. Like I'm so embarrassed. Keep it 100. Yeah, 100. I don't know. 100. I don't know. On fleek. Lit Liddy. Lit AF. Speaking of lit. Mm. Harvey Danger. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Was there actually a connection to the band Lit? Actually, yes, there was. Good. Not in any other sense. I tried finding Flagpole Sitter on Spotify. Yes, and um, it was not on there. And it is actually not on there. I think it goes back to basically like 2009. Mm-hmm. And then there's nothing before that. Maybe it might be a bit early. It might be like 2003, 2001. But there is no Flagpole Sitter. So yeah. you, you look at their most played songs... And there's one song that's reached a million plays. And where's the flagpole sitter? All we can assume is that there was some licensing. Yeah. But I looked up, like, Harvey Danger flagpole sitter, and there was a playlist that I believe was called Harvey Danger flagpole sitter. Yep. And it was all songs. It wasn't songs from all songs from the 90s, because it had, like, this person to put, like, My Chemical Romance in there. Uh, Sick. Uh, the other one. Um, the Used. I don't know why. The I other thought- one. <laughs> Well, it basically, My basically chemical were. romances, like, other sibling. Well, it basically was. It was, like, emo A and emo B. Like, yeah, fair. You know, yeah. out of out of emo bands. And... Don't ever tell Bert McCracken he'll crack the shits. He'll McCracken the shits. <laughs> oh, he does. I don't know if he still does, but apparently... Like, he lives in Sydney. He lives in Sydney, so he can actually find us Bert, and if you hear, beat me up. If you hear this, fucking come at us, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drive to Melbourne. We'll have a chat. Oh shit! It's only nine hours away. Mm. So yeah, we'd have to get a head start, but we've got like nine hours head start if we run now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you, you could fight him. No, I don't want to though because I like the used. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, back to the topic at hand. So in this playlist it actually had a, a lit song i don't know which one i don't know if they had it more was than probably one. um my own worst enemy it was my like own the worst one enemy. good one dun, 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 yeah, dun, yeah yeah it also had some sublime in it which fun little fact i <laughs> i really feel for you listeners because we just sort of go off on so many tangents but i don't really care um lit i remember back in the days of limewire downloading that song or getting a burned copy of it from a friend of mine and it was mistakenly attributed to blink 182 as a song called please tell me why which isn't even a song name and then like years well probably not years later i knew it didn't sound exactly like blink but i was like well i guess and then yeah however long down the track again once i learned the band and the song name like it stuck and now I know that it's absolutely not Blink. And God, it would suck to be one of those bands where, like, mm. your biggest, if not only, hit was sort of misattributed to someone else. It's just like, well, can we have this at least? So you're admitting that you took songs off of LimeWire? <sighs> Allegedly. Oh, you almost had me. It's been eight years. I've been waiting for you to uh, to admit it. <laughs> Do you remember Because this is the police freeze. Oh man, playing the long game. <laughs> Do you remember when LimeWire, there was also a version called Frostwire? No. Oh, yes! It was the exact same thing, it just had a different name and a different interface. 
I mean, it was probably another way to to get around something or other. Yeah. What a time. What now a... we're we're so lucky. We got Spotify. Even though they don't have fucking Harvey Danger on, or they don't. They have do, flag- but they don't have flagpole sitter. It just oh man, it's like saves the day. I was bitching to friends of ours last night, like the one saves the day album that I love. Um, Stay what you are. It's not on Spotify because there's obviously some sort of issue with the record label or god knows what and it's just like come on like i have to go onto youtube i have to search saves the day stay what you are full album and there's like this one video that's like what 45 minutes long that's just all the songs and i have to listen to it on youtube like a dickhead that's how i listen to video game soundtracks yeah i guess that makes sense but and, like, YouTube's like, oh, YouTube music. Like, no, like, that's what Spotify's for. Stay in your lane. Give me what I want on Spot. I don't know. Anyway. Once I um, downloaded the... Allegedly, I don't know if you're the police either. <laughs> I don't have the energy to do anything beyond podcast, work, <laughs> sleep. So, no, I'm not. You're safe. I, um got a version of i'm wearing a wire we're talking into microphones you remember (laughs) see what i mean (laughs) i i I got a version of metallica's and justice for all and it was all one track it was the entire album and it was one track did you keep it or did you just go like nut and delete it i think i listened to it once and then deleted it like that's a cool album but I wish I could change tracks. <laughs> well, I guess it harkened back to cassette tapes. Because yeah. cassette tapes, you didn't have that bit that you could skip to. That's true. It was all one track, basically. But I didn't want to go back to cassette tapes. No. Because that would There's have been... a reason we got rid of them. Yeah, that would have been like 2004 at that point. I was like 15. Did you ever, like, record songs off the radio onto tapes? Yep. Yeah. Or, or, um... From my brother or sister's CD player. CDs from their CD player. That's so good. Yeah. I, what a, oh, We truly were in, like... We're not the golden age, because, like, we're definitely not in the golden age now, but, like, our childhood was, like, the perfect mix of, like, old school and not too much exposure to social media. Like... We didn't have any social media. Well, we did when we were older. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like... I am so grateful that we didn't have, like, Snapchat, TikTok, all those things. Because I absolutely would have used them and I would have been very regretful of that decision at age 28. Do people still make mix CDs for other people? I don't know. Do they make, like, playlists? Next time I go home to see mum and dad, I need to get all my old mix CDs. I could see someone saying, I made a playlist for you on Spotify. Yeah. I guess that's kind of like, that's 2019 romantic, I guess. It doesn't have the same romance, though. Like, No, it doesn't, because you'd sort of, you'd, you know, I never made a mix CD for anyone. What? I don't know. I just never did. Sorry, I interrupted then. Oh, no, but, you know, I imagine, you know, you'd, you'd make a mix CD for someone, you'd have it written down on a piece of paper, all the songs. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, you'd maybe draw on some love hearts and some flowers or something on it. And... Uh, yeah, I used to make the... Well, not you. I made, like, maybe two mix CDs. 
I'm yeah. I remember I made one for my high school boyfriend and like went way not even over the top. I was just dedicated, like made the mix, carefully curated it because like even my personal mix CDs, like I had to have a flow to the songs. Like I wouldn't just chuck them on. Like they had to flow the same way I imagine bands decide on what track listing to have. Yeah. Their album whatever. So yeah. Carefully curated songs that spoke to how I was feeling and like God I hope you know this, blah blah blah. And then like I would legit like measure out I think it's like twelve by eleven centimeters. Like I would make a little booklet and like fold it and staple it and I definitely used like watercolor or something at some point. Like it was a full production. Wow. And then when we broke up, I was really tempted to be like, hey, can I have that back? But... I don't mean to harp on it, but wasn't it kind of a case as well, like, he didn't listen to those CDs? No, he didn't. And that's the thing that... Yeah, yeah. Because that was... I mean, I don't mean to be comparing. (laughs) I don't mean to compare, but you... But... You... But... You have given me exactly two CDs Mm -hmm. in our... In our time together. I have. And one of those was a burnt copy of... December Underground. <laughs> and I yeah. went home that night and listened to it. Good. As you should. And the other one was uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Yeah. We I were in Dixon's Recycled, the secondhand CD store. And, like, the true neurotic girlfriend I was back then, I was like, this is one of my favourite albums. You need to listen to it. Here you go. I never gave you any Black Dahlia murder. No. I really should have. Well, I think I was being wildly unreasonable and being like listen to this i don't think it's unreasonable though because you gave me a a, yeah i spoke like you showed me what you like yeah like it wasn't intended to be like you need to be like me now but like and i didn't and i didn't get that vibe from you good i wasn't like i i think i probably said like i enjoyed it and you know i'm not going to become a smashing huge smashing pumpkins fan but i like this album and i like that you gave me this album oh but then again, you have also seen the Black Dahlia murder with me. So. I have, and it was sick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, ex, if you're out there, fucking give me this. No, actually, don't give it back. Just, just listen it's to it. Fine. I put a lot of effort into that. Yeah. Like, give yeah. it to someone who will listen to it. Well, just yeah, understand that some effort was put into it and listen to it. Ah, oh, doesn't matter. Get on with it. Get on with it. I should do, like, a giveaway on this podcast where I give away all my old mix CDs. Yeah. Do it. When we, uh, when we reach top podcast in the world. All right. When we hit... When we become dictator status. No. In the podcast game. No. When we hit a thousand subscribers. Oh, wow. Which... (laughs) (laughs) Never. Prove me wrong. Anyway, back to... Harvey Birdman and Chester Cheetah. Yes. So. Sorry, did I throw you off with Harvey Birdman? (laughs) You know how last week... (laughs) You know how last week I said that Strung Out took me to 2003? Took me back to, like, that time? Mm Mm-hmm. This song takes me back to 1997. As it should. Yeah. Because it was released. No, no, but, but it gives me that thing of... Yeah. I can kind of immediately... I'm there. I'm sort of remembering dial-up internet. I'm remembering dial-up internet, which we had 
looking up my first ever, maybe it wasn't 97, it was like 98. The first ever website I looked up was the, was South Park, <laughs> the South Park website. <laughs> I was nine. Sick. Um, that was back when the Simpsons were good. That oh. was back when wrestling was really awesome during the Attitude Era and also really kind of iffy with some of the stuff that they did. Mm. That was back when, you know, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I don't know. Was great. The Secret Life of Alice and Mac. Remember that show? Alex Mac. Alex Mac. Yep. Alice and Mac, whatever. <laughs> I, my memory is so bad. Cat dog. I will stop. My memory is so bad that I don't get that, like, I'm not transported back to the time, but at the very least, like, when I listen to songs like this and older songs, like, it definitely evokes that just mental space, like, emotional space. Yeah. Like, to me, it's not sort of like Nickelodeon, like, blah, 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 but, like, I can vaguely grasp at, like... The feeling I first had when I heard it, if that makes sense. I'm trying to think, you would have been about six when it came out. Oof. So you would have been moving over here to Australia. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily heard it bang on 97. No. Um, it's one of those things, like, I don't remember exactly when I heard it. It's just, I don't remember when I didn't know about its existence, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I... One song that because I keep hearing it at the gym at the moment. Um, Santa Monica by Everclear. Bow, 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 bow. We Continue. can live beside the ocean. I want you to finish the song. No. Do you recognize it yet? No. That's <laughs> that's actually not me being shit. I just don't recognize it. It's the one that's like, we can live beside the ocean, something, 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 swim out past the breakers, watch the world die. I'm still dreaming of your face. that into maybe <laughs> anyway that one again i don't go back to being however old i was when it came out but just it definitely encapsulates that feeling of like the 90s right? yeah. it's so good and yeah this is exactly this like flagpole sitter so so good like just maybe all right let's backtrack a bit We'll do a bit of a background of the band and of the song. Yep. So I will leave the band bit up to you because you did the <laughs> research and I'm not going to steal your credit. Harvey Danger was formed in 1993 by a group of journalism students at the University of Washington. They split up in 2001, but reformed in 2004, where they enjoyed a five-year run, splitting again in 2009. Lead vocalist of the band, Sean Nelson, formed the group The Long Winters in 2004 with John Roderick... Hmm? With John Roderick, 
he would leave the band in 2004, where Roderick would perform mostly as a solo member. So now, now John Roderick and the the, the, the Long Winters that it it sounds familiar, but not too familiar. But not too not familiar. Hey. So before we keep going, I love the way that you split just your intonation on that. It made it sound like it made it sound like Sean Nelson formed the Long Winters with John Roderick, but then he and John Roderick both left the band. <laughs> like they were just like fuck this. Yeah, there's like, just this band. And they're just with, like, well, what are we meant to this, do? This band with no with no members, but it still exists. But <laughs> I hear they do. I hear they're doing great though. The long winters. No, the the band. Oh, <laughs> what's left of them? The short winters. You know they perform to some pretty modest crowds, but they're not you know, as long winters. They've still got you know their their fans. <laughs> but yes, uh, any podcast slash Maximum Fun fiends out there will recognise John Roderick and the Long Winters with the use of their theme theme song. Theme song is a departure off the album, putting the days to bed. It is from the My Brother, My Brother and Me podcast. It's their official theme song. Mabim Bam. Mabim Bam. So any Mabim Bambinos out there, shouts to you because you're great. Um, well, then you're great because you are one of those Beanos. Thank you. Great job. Um, but yes, that's why to some people it might sound familiar, but not too familiar, but not too not familiar. It's a new craze. Come on, come on. Oh, we've already done that yeah. bit. They also, though... And you would, you, or Sean Nelson also uh, recorded and performed with Death, I was going to say Death, Death Cab for Cutie. <laughs> he, yeah, he, um, I think he was a co-founder, if not the founder of Barsook Records, which Death Cab are on? Are or were? I didn't click Associated on the, with Death Cab. I didn't click on the Death Cab link. Well, that's, that's that was the rude. limit. That was the limit of my journalism. There's a limit to journalism. But not at Death Cab. Death Cab is not the limit. You are the Death Cab fan, so I don't know. I just assumed. I am the Death Cab cutie. Um, what else? I do recall seeing that Sean Nelson is a journalist himself. Like a... Did you did you not listen to the start of my spiel? Oh, fuck. I'll start it over again. <laughs> no, please... No, but what could be funny is oh, if I just... a group of journalism... That doesn't mean they did journalism. I was a journalism student. But I, I was going to, like, cut out that bit again and just replay it. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I just mansplained Sean Nelson back to you, so I apologise. But also... What are, I've seen a couple of cases of that recently. It's like, um... Oh, who wrote The Handmaid's Tale? Margaret Atwood. Margaret Atwood, someone mansplaining The Handmaid's Tale to her, not realising that she wrote the book. <laughs> Another person was mansplaining, like, modern-day neo-Nazis to Mira Sorvino from um, the... Romy Michelle's Romy Michelle. But she's, she's, like, basically done, like, dissertations uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and made a documentary on neo-Nazis. I was about and to say, I don't remember Romy Michelle being about neo-Nazis. No, it's, it's absolutely... Well, you know, look through the context. They no. are too blonde. They are too no, blonde ladies. No, don't ruin it for me. I love that movie. <laughs> no, but she's just like, yeah, no, I've uh, I've done the research, buddy. I've done the research. <laughs> People are the worst. 
They are, but you know what's not the worst? Flagpole sitter. Yes. From their 1997 debut album entitled Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone? Question mark. Where have all the merrymakers gone? <laughs> yeah, I'm Ron Burgundy. Um, according to Sam's research, because I did not research, it is supposedly a response to the Seattle music scene of the early 90s and its effect on mainstream culture. Um, and an excerpt that we have unceremoniously lifted from the Wikipedia article. I believe we... everything Wikipedia tells me. Yeah, why not? Just because any, you know, any unstable person can write whatever they want on the Wikipedia page. Probably don't use the word unstable. I saw this thing once on Wikipedia where it was like a guy was... Slow. Uh, every time he got drunk, he would come home and he was expanding the size of one of the country uh, countries, one of the states <laughs> on the uh, on one of the American states. He was expanding the size of it on the map, so it was just it was just slowly starting to engorge the other states. <laughs> in, no, not engorge is the right. Engorge. Engorge isn't the right. Uh, word. Encroach upon. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's just <laughs> slowly it will become. And I can't remember which state it was. I think it was like Alabama or something. I, I can't remember. I think my favourite rogue Wikipedia edit is from... The Ray Romano one. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. So, shout out to Mike Rosenthal uh, on Twitter. His handle is at VecDebelli. VecDebelli, I should say. And, <laughs> and on January 6, 2016, at 7.43am, he tweeted, Got banned from Wikipedia for making all the verbs on the Ray Romano page hypothetical sad face. <laughs> So I'm just going to read out the screen cap that he <laughs> included because it's so delightful. <laughs> Raymond Albert Ray Romano, hypothetically born December 21, 1957, could be an American actor, stand-up comedian, screenwriter, and voice actor. He might have been known for his role on this sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond, for which he could have received an Emmy Award, and as the voice of Manny in the Ice Age film series... He may have created and starred in the TNT comedy drama Men of a Certain Age, 20, 2009 to 20, 2011. From 2012 to 2015, Romano could have possibly had a recurring role in Parenthood. <laughs> and then, like, the kicker for me is, like, so a picture of Ray Romano, and then up the top it has, like, Ray Romano, and then, like, in brackets, a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> you so, mean I didn't make Everybody Loves Raymond? Deborah. Who am I? Oh! <laughs> so, yeah, Mike Rosenthal, you are my favourite person for doing that. That just gives me so much joy every time I see it. Thank you for doing the the Lord's work. <laughs> but anyway, back to Wikipedia. <laughs> so the title of the song was inspired by the 1930 Marx Brothers film Animal Crackers, which features a line of dialogue about the pole-sitting fad of the 1920s. Can I just pause you there and ask, what the fuck is that? Like, what is pole-sitting? It's sitting on a pole. It's climbing up a big pole and sitting on it. Wouldn't that hurt? No, you get yourself a little seat and you ah. set it down and, and, you know, make yourself a little picnic. And picnic. people people weren't afraid back in those days. You ever seen of you, sitting on poles or just of anything? But have you ever seen the pictures of? Oh, like the tradesmen like sitting on a yeah. beam, like yeah, you know, you know, fifty stories high. They just they don't they don't seem to have any fear. Yeah, and no no concept of safety equipment. 
Well, maybe, I don't know. That's just Darwinism. Maybe it's like that, well, it's sort of like there's a reason for all those stupid warnings on packaging, like, yeah. on a packet of peanuts may contain nuts, like, maybe they were the test dummies for, like... Is that a real warning on peanuts? Well, yeah. That, it's, that they say it may contain nuts? Yeah, well, like, on a lot of things where it's like, well, no shit, of course it does. That's the most unintentionally hilarious thing I've ever heard in my life. Not as funny as Ray Romano hypotheticals. Ah, that's pretty good. Um, Jesus, pole sitting. Okay. And sorry, please continue. Uh, The band was inspired to spell sitter as sitar. With an A as opposed to E-R. By the pavement song Fame Thrower. Is it Fame Thrower or Flame Thrower? Fame Thrower. Fame Thrower. Fame Thrower. Do you want me to look it up? (laughs) I was going to be like, are you sure about that? And the NWA sure album Straight Hour, Straight Out, you you got me, you got me going. And the NWA album Straight Out of Compton. Fame. They are also a very very white band. So. Fame. Th- no, I take it back. Fame thrower. No L. I do not owe you anything because we didn't bet anything on it. I owe you an apology. <laughs> uh, a, a you were right would be nice. You were right. Oh, I am shucks. sorry. You don't need to say that. <sighs> so, Flagpole Sitter by Harvey Danger performed pretty well. It peaked at number three on the US Billboard Hot Modern Rock chart. Yep. Which, that's just the biggest, like, buzzkill of a hot modern rock. <laughs> um, I guess it's better than tepid modern rock. But, oh, man, it just sort of sounds like... I don't know. I want to say dad, but just like an older person being like, oh, this is such a hot song. Like We established in the last episode that my dad listened to Less Than Jake, so he's pretty rad. So Yeah, which means he wouldn't call anything hot modern rock. Anyway, uh, it also charted at number nine on the Canada rock slash alternative charts. Unfortunately, in Australia, it only reached number 50 on the ARIA charts, but... It could be worse. It could have been number 51 and below. Uh, it could have been worse. It could have been number 57 in the UK singles chart. Yeah. So, suck it, UK. We have... We're better... We have more taste. Better taste than you. We know what's good. They are a country that eats blood pudding, so... They they do have a very bizarre take on pop culture, but... And whatever spotted dick is. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> to be fair, we also do the nut bush over here, and I only just learned the other day, uh, parentheses, shout out to Blink-155 Nation for alerting me to this. The nut bush is only an Australian thing. The dance? Yeah. I thought the nut bush, I thought the song was by Tina, T- no, not Tina T- Turner, it is. It is it? Yeah. But, but, it's, but it, it didn't. But the nut bush itself is a thing that we do. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that at like fo- like local football clubs. Yeah, they like they love it. Like it was at every single school formal dance. Well, not for- but like dead balls, like all of that. Like <clears throat> basically any get together where dancing was involved, you hear K San before the night ends, and you also do the nut bush. And apparently, the nut bush is only a thing that we do. Can I share a story? Sure. When I was. 
17. I had a very good beer. I had a very No, when I was... <laughs> I would have been either like 14 or 15. Yeah. And I had a... I went to primary school with him um, and then high school and we lived pretty... Like, we lived close enough to each other that we could walk to each other's houses. Yeah. Um, it was like a 15-minute walk. And... That's dedication. So we were... I had, you know, a body that didn't break down at, this, at the, <laughs> even the thought of moving out of bed. Um, so, yeah, we were... We came up as pretty good friends for a while and... He was a he like played every sport yep. that you could think of. So he and, just sounds like an Aussie bloke. Yeah, but he played he played football and yep. was a big part of the um, the football club mm-hmm. at the time. And so they had their end of season or something. I can't remember. They were having a, a thing where you know come and have dinner and drinks and dance and whatnot. And I definitely remember being like hey after a few hours hey can we can we go like because we (laughs) we also lived pretty close to the football club oh yeah so it was like we'll just walk home yeah and play video games and have it (laughs) and do the nut bush he said he's like yeah yeah but i just gotta wait for the nut bush (laughs) we literally waited for the nut bush to come on so he could go and dance to the nut bush and then we left oh my god what a oh i love this guy what a legend <laughs> a true icon a true australian patriot so if you if you're still out there doing the nut bush keep nutting keep, <laughs> keep going you bushy bastard <laughs> you nutty bastard that's <laughs> uh speaking of double entendres uh <laughs> go true boy it's your birthday <laughs> So, Flagpole Sitter is possibly best known for its cameo in the first American Pie movie, uh, accompanying a montage in which the four main characters outline their sexing strategies, according to the AV Club's Anne Zaleski. Um, Can confirm that instead of recording this very episode the other night, we (laughs) instead just decided to watch American Pie, and it was equal parts great and terrible, just Uh, like I remembered. it's, It's great. Until one bit, and then it's not great for, like, ten minutes, and then it gets great again. Yeah. And that one bit is when they, without consent, videotape a, a girl. Yeah. And, and broadcast it all over the internet. Yeah. That, um, that's kind of, yeah, that's oh. of the time. And, and, like, the language is very much of the time, which was 20 years ago. Yeah. But, um. you know. <laughs> but... Yeah, what a movie, what a time. Jesus. Anyway, um, so the AV Club, Anzaleski's 2015 article titled Why Harvey Danger's 90s alt-rock, alt-rock, alt-rock hit flagpole sitter endures also notes that exiled NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden is apparently a fan of the song. <laughs> Just WikiLeaks. Did he ever know that no. was? No. Anyway. That was Julian Assange. But anyway, so apparently a TMZ video surfaced of Snowden and his girlfriend enjoying, and I quote, mundane domestic bliss in their kitchen in Russia. And not even eagle-eyed, eagle-eared? What has good hearing? Anyway, users with good hearing 
could hear Flagpole Sitter playing softly in the background. A cat. Much to everyone's delight. Cat-like hearing. Bats. Bat-like hearing. Yes. Viewers used echolocation to echolocate the existence of Flagpole Sitter in this video. They use dolphins? No. (laughs) Bats, echolocation is how they do that thing where they, like, talk... Talk, not talk. They make a noise and then it echoes back at them, and then they use that to figure out what they're doing. There was also a Sega Mega Drive game called Echo the Dolphin. Oh my god, okay. Um, is that just that's just the sound of disappointment? <laughs> just, just in your in your choice, <laughs> not disappointment so much in me, just disappointment. Like, fuck, <laughs> it's been eight years of this. <laughs> oh man. So back onto the enduring greatness that is Flagpole Sitter. Uh, the song featured at number 25 in the Rolling Stones' 50 Best Songs of the 90s. I should confirm that's the magazine, not the band. Um, you don't think Mick Jagger's like, I've got a list <laughs> of the best songs from the 90s. <laughs> Did I, Keith, do we record anything in the 90s? Oh, my goodness. No, no, no. Alright, so it, I guess we're, we're out of it then. <laughs> Alright, let's chuck in Flagpole Sitter. Alright, Flagpole Sitter. You sound like you're from London. So, yeah, number 25 out of 50, that's pretty good. Um, and It's halfway there. It is. So, Rob Sheffield in August 2016 remarked of the song... There is all other karaoke, and then there is flagpole sitter karaoke. I want to publish zines and Rage Against Machines sums up an era. I don't even own a TV is the kind of thing hipsters stopped saying as soon as the 90s ended. And I can confirm that I have put this song on my list that I keep in my phone of potential karaoke songs because I fully agree, like, this is a peak karaoke song. We should do edit. Even though it's not a duet. Yeah. Well, one of us could do the... Ba-da-ba-ba. That yeah. was really out of tune. That's fine. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'll be like that girl in that video where she keeps trying to hit the note and then she just like cracks the shits and like starts crying. Which I can relate. You, you're going to have to show me that later. Oh, um, so yeah. Long story short... Good song. And I believe it was also the intro song to the program Peep Show. After uh, its... From its second season onward. And would remain the intro song for the remainder of its run. I've... I've watched the first season of Peep Show and I don't know what it is about it. It has that kind of similar feel to Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm. But I love Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I don't know what it is about Peep Show that just doesn't, like, doesn't gel with me. I don't know why, but I reckon it's the inner monologue. I can't do it. I can't do the fact that... Yeah, and it's... They keep cutting to, like... It is kind of an interesting thing in that when you're seeing Mitchell or Webb, it's, you're seeing it from the other person's it's, point yeah. of view. You're, you're, you're in their head, but yet at the same time... It's such a cool concept, but to me, like, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. Even if they did that without the inner monologue there's just something about it i can't because i i love mitchell and webb like they are incredible but there's just some i need to give it another go obviously there's a lot of seasons of it but of course it's british tv show so it's like 
each season only has like six episodes. Yes. So there's like... Short and sweet. Less than 40 episodes for six seasons. Yeah. So in 2016, uh, Nelson, that's really embarrassing. I can't remember his first name. Sean. Sean. Old mate. So Sean Nelson, frontman of Harvey Danger, for those of you who have as short a term memory as I do. He, when asked, I suppose, about uh, Flagpole Sitter being the intro song to Peep Show, he noted, it's a joy to be affiliated with something that's so smart and so funny and so kind of rude and weird. So That's definitely a dig at American Pie, isn't it? I mean, I suspect Peep Show doesn't have an inherently probo scene in which they broadcast a woman non-consensually on the internet. There's also no scene, I imagine, where... I haven't watched it all, but I imagine there's no scene where a man unwillingly, unknowingly drinks another man's spunk. (laughs) I really wish you hadn't brought that up. That's really upsetting. (laughs) M-I-L-F. Mom, I'd like to fuck. Oh my god. Mel! Um... (laughs) God, it's so problematic, but it's just... I'm... Yeah. I, look, if we had only just seen it now for the first oh, time... God. We, we wouldn't enjoy it, but the fact that... I we, think because it was such a cultural touchstone at the time, like... And that was my first... That was my first rude movie. Yes! That kind of... That was my first naughty movie that I shouldn't be watching, but here we are. And like, I, it got past mum and dad somehow. Yes, they, they figured yep. out They figured out scary movie immediately. No, you're not watching scary movie. You cannot watch scary movie. But somehow, I got to... I watched American Pie. I still watched it about a year after it came out. But How did they miss, like... The first scene is, like, Jim trying to... Well, they didn't watch it with us. I also, yeah, don't forget, fair. I had an older brother and sister who would go and rent videos. Yeah, yep. And they didn't, mum and dad didn't quite know what American Pie was. They didn't know what happened in it. And I think they knew that it was a comedy film and that maybe something happened in it. But, <laughs> oh, no. but they, mum had, I think mum had heard the worst about Scary Movie and was just like, no, you're not seeing Scary Movie. Yep. Everyone had seen Scary Movie. Yeah. Everyone had seen Scary Movie except for me. How you doing? Did it? How did that affect the trajectory of your childhood? Thousands of dollars later and I'm still at therapy. (laughs) Oh, man. So... Great song, though. Yeah, great song. There's just... I don't know. Like, it's just so good. Like, everything. Like, it's sort of sing-songy. Like, da-na-na-na-na-na-na. Like... Very sort of childlike and like snotty, and then you've got the snotty lyrics and like lyrics that just go all over the place. Like I don't know. Did I? Me- did we mention that it was a reaction to the grunge thing? We did. Okay. But just I don't know. Like I, it can. I feel like you can basically just wrap it up, or not wrap it up, but like sum it up in like I'm not sick, but I'm not well. Like like I'm not Kirk Cobain. I'm not gonna kill myself because I'm fucking depressed and i can't handle fame and everything but at the same time like i'm I'm not i'm not happy i'm not happy and i like even as a kid i (laughs) like plot twist i got diagnosed with depression but like even as a kid right back at you slip yep but like even as a kid or however old i was when i first heard it i remember being like damn like just that dichotomy like i'm not sick but i'm not well like just that's such a perfect way to be like that's that's the teenage condition. Like, that's yeah. the... Yeah. Of just, like, 
there's nothing wrong with me, but I don't feel like I belong. I feel this, I like it. And that kind of is is really like we we can get onto it soon in the music video. It sort of sums that up really well as well. But just lyrically, it is really it tells a story, but at the same time, it really is all over the place. It's meandering, yeah. Like, yeah. It just the non sequiturs, like. I want to pierce my tongue, it doesn't hurt, it feels fine, or whatever, I can't remember the actual, but like, and then just like weird things of like, and then at the end of one I want to publish zines and Rage Against Machines, I want to pierce my tongue, it doesn't hurt, it feels fine. Yeah. The trivial sublime. So like, I asked you, do you think he's talking about Rage Against the Machine and Sublime, the bands? I reckon definitely Rage Against the Machine. Sublime, I feel like that's the kind of adjective that you wouldn't necessarily yeah. bring up without a nod to the band of the same name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like very, like just goes off on tangents. A lot of, like very sort of Holden Caulfield-esque, like... Everyone else is a phony except me. Like mm. I love it. It's yeah. It definitely, and I'm not. I'm not the fan. You're the fan, as we established earlier. I I can sort of look at that and go. They kind of remind me of Weezer. Yeah, yeah. And listen to them go. They, they kind of remind me of Weezer. They had. They definitely had the look. Oh yeah. Of yeah. Weezer, they had that just sort of nerdy kind of regular dude sort of look. Like, it definitely, yeah, there's definitely that same sense of, like, neuroticism. Like, like, Weezer's Pinkerton is just all about, like, I think it was, like, a summer or something where Rivers Cuomo was, I think, bedridden or at least house-ridden after, like, a surgery and just sort of quietly spiralling out of control. Like, Mm. and, yeah, just songs like Tired of Sex and, like, all these, like, just, yeah, that energy of like being stuck in your head and like weird and not feeling nor like just yeah it's great like this is such a good song oh my goodness it sounds good it lyrically makes you think and it's got a well the film clip was all right and it it has that thing of so story-wise they're they're going through different areas with their instruments mm-hmm their instruments are packed up in road cases. So essentially on their way to a gig. Yeah, that's what it looks like. They start off in sort of like an artsy establishment. People wearing berets, they're all wearing turtlenecks, that sort of They've thing. They've got martinis in their hands. Martinis and... in their hands. Then they move through into a goth club. Yep. Lots of, you know, black makeup, lots of eye makeup, lots of leather. Chokers with spikes. Chokers with spikes. And then through to the next scene, which is at a rave. That glow then sticks. Glow sticks. Uh, mesh clothes. Mm-hmm. That's all I can really picture of, of 90s rave scenes. Then, Blade is there, ready to kill some vampires. Then on... Daywalker. <laughs> then on to a, I guess, punk show. Like a show where people are moshing. Like there's a pit happening. Yeah, like, like punk grunge metal yeah and then finally they get into their own little container which to me i feel like like is that a metaphor like they are in their little box now absolutely they're performing they turns out they're performing to you the viewer but also just to a single monkey 
at the end who applauds them. Um, I feel like that monkey could be the same monkey that was in American Pie in that same awful Probo scene, which also, by coincidence, Blink-182 are in that scene with that monkey. It's a rich tapestry. Oh, I think that guy's in my trick class. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so, but that, yeah, it's like, it's a very quintessential 90s song slash video. Yeah. Slash aesthetic. It's not, yeah, it's not like, you know, remarkably thought provoking, but you know, I enjoy a good music video. Yeah. I someday will start a music video podcast and it will just be me talking about music videos. Because I love music videos. On that note, let's look at the Punk Ghost cover. By Chiodos. Chiodos. What do you know about Chiodos? 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 Yeah, I guess it's Chiodos, Chiodos, whatever. Um, I know that I came across Chiodos in 2007 mm-hmm. from a article in a Revolver magazine issue. Yep. yep. And this was me at... Uh, like sort of a couple years into getting into heavy metal. Yep. So I looked at that and went, I looked at these guys with their big swoopy fringes and their V-neck shirts and their lack of wearing all black. Mm. And I went, no, (laughs) Um, I'm judging that book by its cover and I'm judging it. No. They tell you not to do that. Just, just no. They do tell you to do that. Not to do that. They do tell you not to do that. And I've established that I was a shitty, shitty teenager and a shitty metalhead. I had this belief that I should have, you know, that I needed to shed everything that wasn't metal Mm. to be into metal. And it's not like I had a group of friends that were into it as well that were maybe into it before I was saying, no, no, you can't listen to this sort of thing. You need to only listen to metal. And the ironic thing was I was all by myself. There was a, there was a small subsect of metal kids in my high school who were like, one was in my year level, but the rest were a couple of years younger and they all hung out and were in a band together. And I was the guy going, nah, they're fucking posers. <laughs> I was the one going, nah, I'm sure their band sucks. And apparently their band was pretty good. But I was like, nah. As Holden Caulfield would say, those goddamn phonies. Those phonies, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was I was sitting in my room by myself on a Friday night going, those fucking phonies. So, hey, if you guys are listening to it and you know who, you know, you know, who, you remember who I am, 
by any chance, you know. <laughs> I was in, uh, no, be, like I'm not ripping on them. I'm I ripping know, on I know, me. I know. That's what makes me so sad. <laughs> I was I was a shitty teenager. When we all though, honestly. I was a shitty teenager. We all were shit Being, teenagers. You know. Being how, a teenager is shit, and we were all shitty teenagers. How 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 you going? Hope you're doing good. You know, great. But. You know, this you might think that this is the time of the the segment where I will go. Oh, but I've come around and now I'm the biggest Chiodos fan, and that's not really the case. Yeah. I, I. But I can look at it and go. Had I discovered it in 2003, I would have been all over it. I would have loved it. Yeah. I would have. I would have thought they were great. They come across as sort of like a mixture of the Mars Volta, and I'm almost getting like some Protest the Hero vibes really from them. like he just kind of sounds like the lead singer of protest the hero sometimes see because like i never really listened to protest the hero until i met you but i yeah. think they're pretty sick and then i did enjoy the mars volta when i was a kid yeah but then for some reason geodos were this band that my friend's little brother listened to and i obviously just got the wrong idea like for some reason i just associated them with like crab core but they're not at all no and so i listened to their first i listened to their um their most popular song on spotify mm-hmm. which is i believe it's called baby you wouldn't even last a minute on the creek yeah which i'm sure i'm almost convinced is a reference to a line in jay and silent bob where james vanderbeek says to jason biggs you wouldn't last a minute on the creek in the James Hunt Bob movie, um, there's that American Pie reference. Yep, and he Rich even tapestry. and he even goes on a tirade saying that he's sick of being called the pie fucker in that movie. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so and I listen to it, and it's not ju- and it's not really like screamo. It's not emo. It's yeah. not punk. It's something. It's something interesting in between. And yeah. I can say that this is an interesting band. That. <laughs> Yes, I judged it. I judged it wrong, but I'm still not going to go buy their albums. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely didn't give them the time of day that I, not that I should have, but I feel like had I not pigeonholed them as incorrectly being crabcore, I don't know why I thought they were. Um, yeah, I probably would have enjoyed them, and I enjoy this cover. This cover's good though. Uh, just a quick aside, so Chiodos were formed in 2001, disbanded yep. in 2016. Yep. The name Chiodos came from a combination of filmmakers Stephen, Charles, and Edward Chiodo. Mm-hmm. I'm they hope were, we're pronouncing that right. The, the initial name was, I believe, the Chiodo brothers or the Chiodos brothers, <laughs> and then they just shortened it to Chiodos. That's better. Yeah, I like that. They were the filmmakers that created Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Have you seen that? I have not, but it's I have it on my hard drive, and I think it's on Netflix, and it's one of those ones that it's just a silly 80s horror film. So it's sort of like the Sharknado of the 80s. Well, not the Sharknado, but like... Yeah, so I'm pretty sure... I, I haven't seen it, and I, I should watch it sometime soon. It, I'm pretty sure it's pretty self-referent, like pretty yeah. self-aware. It knows it's pretty dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Chiodos were signed to the labels Razor and Tie and Equal Vision throughout their time together. Uh, I don't think we need to get super into... No. ...background. Um... I would like to mention that in 2016, the 
Chiodos' singer Craig Owens released a short grindcore EP, and by short I mean it's an EP that goes for about five minutes. That's so sick. Because it's grindcore, um, and it's got four tracks. Yep. Uh, the, oh, sorry, I've lost my place. Yeah, released a short grindcore EP. It's titled Empathy, and it's under the moniker Beast, but the S is is a five. Is that a reference to it being, like, five minutes, do you reckon, or is it just a... Maybe. <laughs> like, the longest song goes for three minutes, and the shortest song goes for 30 seconds. That's great. And it's, you know, it's not Napalm Death. It's not Terrorizer. It's not uh, Brutal Truth. It's not Pig Destroyer. Are they all grindcore it's bands? It's not, you know... Repulsion. Uh, are they all grindcore bands? Rotten Sound, yes. Okay. But it's 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 decent. It's a you know, it's fast. It's you know, it's a cro- It's sort of, it's, it's like a cross between grindcore and technical death metal. It's kind of it's interesting and it's not bad. I you know, it has a place and you know, it does well, its job. Well, shit. And you know what? On second thoughts, I think we should mention. So, Chiodos were popular, are, I guess, I don't know, in their own right. So, their second album, Bone Palace Ballet, entered the Billboard 200 charts in September 2007, where it reached number five, which is pretty incredible. Like, hell yeah. In what was probably the same year? No, the Black Parade would have been the year before, wouldn't it? Um... Black Parade would have been... Oh, man. Well, I was... They were playing the Black Parade all over... 2006. Yeah, they were playing it when I went to Bali for the second time, and that was 2007. Don't break my heart. No, I... Man, I missed that. So that that was definitely at a time when, you know, music charts were sort of... Not being dominated, but were allowing more interesting... Yeah. ...stuff to penetrate its... Hey now. Um, and the album, so yeah, reached number five on the Billboard 200, and it also climbed to number one in the top independent albums charts, which is pretty. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's it's the best. <laughs> yeah, Li- not too shabby, li- if I may say so literally, myself. Literally, you can't do any better than that. Oh, I'm dickhead. It's late. So. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, so. What do you think of this cover? It's good. No, yeah. it's it's I've I've listened to it a few times throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like they're definitely because this was uh, volume two, so I think volume two was about two thousand and nine. Yes. So that was when they were because they you know looked into the Wikipedia page. It looks like they had some issues. Just quickly, we should clarify: Punk Goes Pop Volume Two. Punk Goes Pop Volume Two. Yes. Um, So, but it seems like they recorded it at a time that they were still probably doing all right. So they they seem to be having a lot of fun. It sticks. You know, we had that question: what's what makes for a better cover, originality or sticking to the original? Mm. Um, Oh yes. Yeah. So your originality or you know sticking to the source material, I guess. Um, and they do both in a way that's, that, you know, is aesthetically pleasing, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, even the way, like, when he's talking, when he has the line, um, you know, the curves of your body, and I feel a bit naughty. I just like the way that he, that he 
that he sings out those lines. Yeah. And then it gets, yeah, it gets to a bit that's, that's, you know, a bit screamy and a bit heavy, but it has a good lead up to it. Yeah. It is in the, it's, you know, the, the, I want to, you know, I want to write zines, Rage Against Machines, that soft bit, and that leads up to a heavy part that's then Chiodos going, okay, now we're going to take over. Yep. We're going to take over for this part now. Put in their signature flavour and then get back on the straight and narrow, I guess. I, I, it, it kind of sort of not confused me, but I was trying to decide why I like this one drastically more than the Taylor Swift cover by For All Those Sleeping. And I just... It's a, just an artful way of doing it. It just... Yeah. And I don't know. If I'm like, it's late. I don't have my words. But... The Taylor Swift cover was just not good. It was not good. And, you know, they just, it was almost like they couldn't wait to be like, we know we're doing a girl song, but we're, we're men. Yeah. Like to me, this has subtlety, like it has nuance. Yeah. Um, I sound like such a wanker. It has nuance. But like, yeah, they balance out the overwrought, like screaming, well not overwrought because it's not overwrought, but like, yeah, they balance out... Their coreness, hyphen coreness, um, with, yeah, like a masterful cover that does justice to the original. And it also has that same cynicism in the way that they do the, like, body. Yeah. Because, like, that line, those lines. It's almost like a 2000s way of pronouncing things. Yeah. and, And, yeah, like, it gets aggressive in the end. But it has a good enough build up to it. Like you eventually are like, all right, now I'm releasing the pent up frustration, and it is kind of like a pent up frustration that that Harvey Danger couldn't really release in their original version because you know he wasn't going to scream. Yeah, well, it sort of yeah, like it sort of takes that idea of not sick, not well, and it sort of runs with it where they do have that moment of they sort of lose their composure have their moment, and then they go, oh, and, like, quickly wrap it back up again. Yeah. Like, it's very... And I guess, like, for instance, the Harvey Danger... Like, the original Harvey Danger version, there are those bits of, like, snark in, like, the spoken bits. Like, my favourite part of the song is the running up the flagpole and see who salutes, but no one ever does. Like, the aside bit. Like, it's just so catty. And that's sort of where he lets his, at, like, true attitude or, like, that's where he sort of lacks his composure for a second and then he comes back. Whereas for Chiodos, they have their signature version of losing composure and that's via, yeah, but, mm. like, they do it very cleverly. By the end of this podcast, you'll have a decent enough scream down. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm going to have to start taking vocal lessons, I reckon. We're going to have to start, you know... On a regular basis doing episodes during the daytime and not at <laughs> nine o'clock at night. Yeah, that's... Yeah. No, I... Sorry. No, I fully agree with you. Like, it's very cleverly done. It's a great balance of this is who we are as a band in terms of our sound versus we want to pay respect to this song. Yeah. And yeah, it's not phoned in. They do it well. They give it the attention and the care that it deserves. It's great. I yeah. really like it. No, this is so. This is this is the first time that we've gone. 
great original, great cover. Yeah. Great all round. I still prefer the original to the cover, but I love them both. See, the last cover we will talk about tonight is probably my favourite, but we got to get there first. This is true. So, we've, you know, as we do, we search the YouTubes for... Mm -hmm. You know, other versions of this song. Yeah. And, of course, there is the standard white girl with acoustic guitar. Yeah. Or wigwag, as I call it. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. But we're, yes. we're, we, we discovered something that's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. And that was a group of children performing this song. Do we have an actual... So that'll be... Do we have the name of the group or the video or... Unfortunately, there isn't a name for this group. They're just four children. Someone needs to sign them immediately. Rehearsing. Well, this was from 2009, the video, so... Still. They, they... Oh, yeah, sure. They'll be like 20 now. Oh, man, that's so wild. But it's, it's hilarious, the video... It's just, it's just Harvey Danger. I think it's just Harvey Danger um, flagpole sitter hyphen cover. Yeah. If you search that on YouTube, and it's hilarious because basically there's you know they're basically the size of the guitars that they're, <laughs> that they're playing. There's something inherently funny about how big everyday objects are against children. Yeah. Like, seeing, like, a grade, like, a prep or a grade one kid, like, running to school with a backpack that's about as big as they are is hilarious. Or when you'd find a kid whose parents, maybe it's, like, a hand-me-down bike from their brother, (laughs) but the brother's a few years older, so they're they're riding on, like, a full-sized mountain bike. (laughs) That was always funny. It's like, how are you going to get off that thing, kid? Yeah, so... I'm I'm, going to watch you and see how you get off that thing, because it's going to be... I think it's going to end poorly for you and it's going to end great for me because I'm going to laugh. I have a feeling, I don't know what the situation was, if I owned the bike, I seem to recall riding a bike that was too tall for me and basically you just sort of had to brake and sort of let it tip to the side yeah, and then, then stop you'd, yourself. Yeah, and then you'd put your leg out. Your leg would be the kickstand. Yeah, yeah, which obviously I didn't learn how to do that properly because I fractured my dominant wrist a couple of years ago by breaking too hard on my bike because I'm a dickhead. Um, But yeah, like kids with oversized objects that are actually just regular size is hilarious. And watching kids perform a sick punk cover on oversized but regular sized on an actual human being's instruments is very funny. And it's the same, the, the kid on the left... He's, he's the blonde kid. He's the one who's rocking out the most. And <laughs> it's probably his parents who filmed. It. Yeah. <laughs> and look, they they're not perfect by any means. Oh, well, they're what like ten? Yeah. <laughs> but they they're doing a pretty decent job. Yeah. You know. Yep. They've got more YouTube hits than I do <laughs> for my music. Oh. So, you know. Maybe they should join up with a, with me in a band. I don't know. Hell yeah. Yeah. We should get them on the pod. Uh, the, yeah, it that's... I don't know. Like, 
Good on them. Yeah. Like, kids playing punk rock is great in principle, like, just all the time. But yeah, that was particularly delightful. Yeah. The next one is not as delightful. Uh, It's by an act called Elohim. 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 E-L-O-H-I-M. Um, and Elohim. Elohim. It's a collaboration, or it features AWOL Nation of Sale and... No, it's not called Run. Anyway, of Sale fame. Sale. Um... This one's bad. Yeah, I don't like it. This it, one to me is the wigwag of the lot. Like, it's just a girl over-enunciating her words yeah. against, like, a sort of trippy kind of, like, I don't know what it's actually like because I've never been stoned, but, like, just stoner music? Like... Should we get stoned? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should. Possibly. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's just... It kind of... I don't know. I'm sort of taken into the that trend, which I think has finally died. And you'd see them on any, any movie trailer. There'd be this overly dramatic, really slow cover song. <sighs> I can't think of... I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. But I can't really, can't really grasp one at the moment. Just these really just over the top. And they always had like the heavy bass. And. Well, like even the. Well, like there was one of um, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Yep. And it was just like. That would have been the one Everybody wants. It's like. Yeah. Fuck, you're putting me to sleep. It, yeah, like. There's a certain level of, like, craft to it, but I don't find it interesting. And, yeah, like, having a person sing with that sort of just mouth... Like, they sing sing like they've got a mouthful of, like, marbles or something. Like, I'm not sick. It's just like, oh my god. And, like, every time, like, it leads into the chorus and she's just like, I... I'm not sick. It's just like, oh my god, like, I am listening to you. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, it's just, it's just over, you know, it's too much. And, uh, and then, like, the unfortunate bit is, like, by the end of it, some more elements sort of come in, and it does get interesting, but by that point, I'm in a coma. Like, you've lost me. Well, you're just excited because it's almost done. No! <laughs> you made that same joke when we were talking about it. You're supposed to act like I didn't make that same joke. <sighs> And you're supposed to laugh at my jokes. <laughs> I was like, is she actually laughing? And then you stopped. And just looked you dead in the eye. Like, I'm going to get murdered in my sleep tonight. Oh, I do laugh in my sleep sometimes, don't I? Not like, ha 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 ha, but you sort of go, <laughs> <laughs> That's really upsetting to me. <laughs> if anyone ever has the displeasure of hearing that, I apologise. Um... So, yeah, that one is not good. Um, no, it's just, yeah, I don't know. 
some for some reason it just feels like it doesn't get the message and it just doesn't i don't know well to me like it loses that snark it loses that because especially if it is kind of doing that it's not as bad as like i said the and then you know that trend of overly dramatic cover songs yeah it's not as bad but it sort of feels like it's trying to kind of get into that market yeah and if that's what you're trying to do then you're sort of missing the message of the original well and that's like yeah it sort of just misses the entire point of the weird sort of meandering lyrics about like and i don't even own a tv and like all like They've basically just turned it into an existential crisis song in the worst, not worst, but, like, in the worst kind of way. Like, impotent, like, not in a shitty, but, like, it's sort of... Well, it's like, I, I, you know, we're not part of this scene. Hey, I'd kind of like to be a part of this scene, but I'm also not going to be a part of this scene. Whereas this just sort of turns it into a sad, like, millennial thing, which... Like, no, like, that's not the point. Is it sort of meant to be this, like, futile sort of rage, like, acting out at the world, and then instead it's just like, and I don't even own a TV. Hmm. Like, no. Anyway. Anyway. That one's bad. Go, like, bad, bad job. Zero stars. The next one, by the composure. Yeah. It's just a standard punk song. I can't actually remember how the song goes because I was so grossed out by the video. Oh, yeah. So the video is just a... It's just the slow process of a girl... A woman's face shown in profile. Yep, woman's face shown in profile, and it's in the process of she's about to get her tongue pierced, and then she gets her tongue pierced. Which, that ties in with the song. Yeah. Um, but just, oh man, like, what a trooper. She doesn't even flinch. No, no, because she, like, the needle goes yeah. in, and yeah, <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't flinch, she just, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I was going to say she takes it on the chin, but she takes it on the tongue. <laughs> ba 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 da ba um, I think, well, my grandpa, my grandfather was a dentist when he was actually working. So I just always had an aversion to mouth adjacent mouth piercings because that would just wreak havoc on your teeth. Yeah. Like I would get. I don't know if the tongue ones are as bad, but the labrette ones yeah. can fuck up your gums. But like, I just, I don't know. Tongue piercings, like, good on you. You do you if you like them. I just remember, yeah, I just picture my grandpa looking at me disapprovingly, being like, why did you do that? And then also I picture the one girl in my class, or one of two actually, in class in high school who had a tongue piercing and she would just sit there and fiddle with it. So two girls in your class Mm. and you you were in a class of seven. Uh, this was back when there were more of us. By the time I finished year 12, there were seven of us. Okay. Um, and the numbers just sort of consistently were dropping since, like, year eight. Okay. Um, what started as two classes of about 20 students got whittled down over time as everyone was just like, nah, I'm out. 
So that's still a, a tenth of the. <laughs> yeah, look. Um. So yeah, I just picture this one girl like fiddling with it and just rolling the thing. And I say like I hate chewing gum. I hate mouth. I just hate anything where you're just fiddling with your mouth. It's disgusting. Please yeah, don't do it. Yeah, see, it doesn't bother me. Uh, no, I can't. If you ever get a tongue piercing, I'm going to be deeply upset. Yeah, at 30 years old, I'm, I'm going to suddenly you... get my... I'd get a... I mean, I have tattoos, but I'd get a weird tattoo before I get that. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, the video... Like I said, I can't remember the song, really. A, because it's relatively close to the original in terms of... It is. It's just... It's sort of... It's a bit faster. It has that... You know, the singer sounds like a sort of standard punk singer from the early 2000s. Yeah. And uh, then B, because the video is cooked. Like, that just made me wince in the worst kind of way. It's, look, it it does its job. It's, you know, it's perfectly fine. Same way people enjoy watching videos of, like... Girl, women getting their tongue pierced. <laughs> but yeah, like, it... Yeah, we all have our weird sort of subsect of videos that we like to watch. I don't know, like pimples and stuff. Yeah. But so, yeah, if this is your alley, take, like, enjoy. Like, it's pretty nuts watching someone get their tongue pierced without, like, not even tears in their eyes. Like, I was so impressed and also just very upset at the same time. Do you have a weird thing that you like to watch? I do have my weird sort of YouTube tangents, but I'd prefer not to disclose them because I'm shy. There has to be some mystery behind us. Yeah. Look, you can't learn everything. But what you That's should... That's what the paid tier is for. Oh. Anyway. We're, we're already on week four and we're talking about Patreon. <sighs> we are. Become our Matreon <laughs> by supporting our Patreon. But anyway... <laughs> What you should learn about is our last band. So good. They're great. I love it. The Holophonics. Yeah, this uh, sent me down sent us down one night a dark not dark no a checkered coloured rabbit hole that is Scar yeah it so good just all roads lead back to Scar and it's so good I just uh, what I love about it well not it's not the only thing I love about it I the fact that they have like the the brass doing the yeah, like the ba da ba ba. Like, yeah. it's so good. Like, it. Done well. Like, there really is a craft to scar music. Like, it's just. But, like, you you were. You were with me, but I've also. Like, I was trying to write out the notes. Yep. Today, and I kept. Because the Holophonics just have a YouTube page, and they just keep recording cover songs yep. but in Scar yep. and so I'm just like oh, I, want to learn, I want to know what that sounds like I want to hear that and they're they're just they're pretty decently filmed little videos of them performing in one of their houses yeah and 
yeah, they're just they're just standing around in a circle and they're playing their instruments and but they do it well and I think I support your idea of having a scar wedding. Oh, if I hadn't already picked out my dress, I would be a hundred percent there. You could just wear a checker suit. Checker suit. Yeah. Yeah, checker suit. That's fine. I'll um, I don't know. I'll wear like some checkered vans or something. That would probably be pretty cool. I don't think I want to do that though. All right. The deeper I wade into general planning, I do want to sort of be a bit of a shit about like looking fab on the day, that All kind right. of thing. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's like the one time I'm going to have like photos that are half decent, so I might as well like look bomb in them. Yeah. I'm just going to be like, dr- yeah, not dramatic. I'm just going to be like vain as fuck. <laughs> but we're not talking about you're so vain. We're talking about. Flagpole sitter and the holophonics and man. I feel like a woman. I, f- I feel like if they want to come over, because I'm assuming that they're from Texas because there's a Texas flag in their videos on the wall. What does the Texas flag look like? It's like. I, for some reason, I pictured the Confederate flag. I was like, no. No, it's not that. It's fine. I'll I'll look it up. Um, we can we can talk about this off mic. I'll get that point of reference later. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm assuming they're from Texas, but if they want to come to Australia and work pro bono for our wedding, oh. do all wedding. Oh my god! Do all scar covers for our wedding? Oh. Absolutely. I got really excited because I thought that they were going to be doing the not not for any punk goes albums but i thought that there was going to be another chance that we would be able to talk about them later on but we're not going to be able to so i want to get it out there the holophonics are sick so good and slick it's just it's just really tight really concise scar covers that just they're having fun with it and they're doing oh, it they, well. they're having a blast and it's you know I think this cover was from last year or something so it's yep. not like it's not like these are songs from twenty years ago. They're trying to keep Scar alive. They they are doing what I hate my ex wanted to do with pop punk in trying to keep pop punk alive in twenty ten. They're doing it right in twenty nineteen. <laughs> yeah, they are absolutely doing it right. Check them out. They're great. Check, check, checker, checker suit. So good. Uh, yeah, Holophonics, if you do want to play a pro bono show, we will promote the shit out of it for you, and in return you just have to play for our wedding and come we, over here. We are not those people that actually expect people to no. work for free. No. We are not choosing beggars, but I do also have Super Smash Brothers on the Switch and plenty of controllers, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, worth the flight. Oh, worth the flight. What a dream. That invitation also extends to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I have a couch and a Super Smash Brothers on the Switch. I like that you made it singular like you have a couch. <laughs> I guess I'm staying somewhere else, am I? Like, I'm not part of this accommodating if, Chris. Chris? No, fuck. Dwayne. If Dwayne The Rock Johnson is here, like... I'm focused on Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> At our wedding. It would just be like, shh, <laughs> let Dwayne speak. Anyway. Here's my best man, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> he will also be singing for us. 
and giving us away and marrying us. No. Oh, my. Don't ruin this for me now. Dwayne might be listening. (laughs) Dwayne, if you're out there. Dwayne, if you're listening, she does not speak for both of us. (laughs) It is nearly 11 p.m. We have been recording for two hours. Uh, An hour and 43 minutes. Oh, my God. God. Oh, I thought you said two hours. Okay. It'll be a little bit less from edits, but... So we can probably get it into like a tight one hour 30, one hour 40. Maybe one hour 40 when you include the other, like the clips. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm going to have a busy couple of days. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. We just have so much fun talking to each other. (laughs) And talking about music. We do. And anyway, next week... Get ready for your, uh, you know, bone up on next week's song. Mm-hmm. Get your homework done. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. We're delving into Maroon 5. And not the good Maroon 5 either. There's like, a good Maroon 5? Their first album is so good. Like, I'll be touching on this. Don't you worry. It is such a good album. So we're going to be playing this love has taken that's no, not we the, don't need to now that you've done that. That's not the song that we're talking about, though. The no. song that we're talking about will be Payphone by Maroon 5, as covered by Crown the Empire. So there you have it, folks. We hope you've enjoyed episode four of Punk Goes Pod. Hit us up on our socials. Send us any suggestions for how we can improve, any feedback, any grievances, which we'll just delete because I would probably cry if I read them. Send them to punk... I would definitely cry. Yeah. Yeah. Send them to punkgoespod at gmail.com. Yep. Send them to our Instagram DMs. Just slide into the DMs wherever you find us. Just do it. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your week. <laughs> Just be safe. Don't storm Area 51. No. Well, that's. I think that's happening in September. So. Ah, okay. We've got time then. Um, we really need some sort of, like, sign-off thing, because we just kind of end up trailing off and just being like... Eh. Maybe we can end it like The Godfather, like, halfway through. No, you're thinking of The Sopranos. Fuck!